Coming up on The Glue Guys today, we are going to talk about Karis LeVert, his absolutely phenomenal play against the Boston Celtics. Brian, we've decided not to talk too much about the Memphis game. What Memphis game? I don't even know what you're... What are you talking about? Exactly. Uh, we're talking about Chris Chioza, the new young star of your the big Brooklyn cheese. Nets. The big cheese. And in inspiration of the big cheese we are going to do a killer comparisons comparing cheese to certain wow. nba players and classic. nba teams classically guys let's start the show Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. Love you all. TheAthletic.com. TheAthletic.com slash Glue Guys. Get 40% off an annual, which is a yearly subscription to The Athletic. Get behind that paywall ASAP. Brian, how are you? Mike, do you know why I was so perfectly on key and my, my baritone was perfectly golden today? Please tell me. Got my reps in. This will be an interesting episode because we already had this entire conversation two hours ago. So one one way of thinking about it is we had a very detailed production meeting is what we did. We did a dry run. You know how we SNL, did a dry run. SNL, they do like the pre-show. They do like, I forget what they yeah. call it, but dress rehearsal, I think is what it is. And then they do the live show at 1137 PM so, on yeah. NBC. Channel this will be the first time I've tried. I've ever tried to recreate a whole conversation that I've had as though it was scripted. So just um, so everyone knows, yeah. so the basic backstory is that Brian and I did do a pod where I didn't record it. And you know, the thing about I'm not that, trying to cast shade. This is mostly to have to, to just lay down. The you didn't throw room. me under the bus, but you built the railroad tracks and you started the train. <laughs> no, no, no. I really didn't mean it for that. Yeah. Um, so we already did it basically. And it was a great episode and a great conversation. So what we're going to try to do is recreate that conversation for you all. Um, and every time I laugh or every time Brian snickers over there on his side of the aisle that will be fake because we already been rehearsed we had that joke but so coming up and you know we do this new thing where we we talk about what's coming up on the episode so this is uh repetitive but there is a fun segment comparing cheese to basketball players stick around oh so fun you're gonna like it but first blast um brooklyn nets so we're not (laughs) we're not talking about the grizzlies game uh, but we are talking about. The I don't ball. even know what you keep saying. What is a what is a Grizzlies game? What well, is that? But um, let's. So we had actually got a couple of tweets added us on Tuesday night into Wednesday saying, "Is there going to be an emergency pod for that thrilling Boston Celtics Brooklyn Nets game? An historic comeback by your Brooklyn Nets, led by the Karis Levert. Levert in French means Mister Clutch, the Clutch." Um, is that right? Yeah, sure. I, I'm going to make this every time I'm going to do a joke oh, about his name geez. is like something in French. So, uh, Carol Savart. We, we didn't do that, though. We didn't have the emergency. This is the emergency pod. It's just this a very late responder. Carol <laughs> um, Savart was it was the type of performance that gives you faith that if you're this Carol Savart fan, you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. It gives you faith that maybe he could be the third star that we all lust after. You know, we have Kyrie Irving, though he's hurt. We have Kevin Durant, though he's hurt. And the debate around the team is what do the Nets have to give up to get a third star? But the performance from Karis LeVert leads you to believe that maybe he is that guy. Brian, is he, as Lissot says, 100% that female dog? 
So I've been openly critical about Levert, but not out of anything wow. other than love. I, I really hope that people wow. understand that and feel that. It's not critical in the like, it's I don't personal. like it. It's, it's real critical. <laughs> no, no, no. That I, I, I want to. And actually, I think this re recent resurgence, you could really just... You could you could follow those breadcrumbs back to our podcast maybe two two months ago and uh, and you could probably credit me with you know you can give me credit for all this um, so you're welcome everybody but also um, on top of that I'm going to cast some more doubt so here we go ready oh, oh no far be it for me to say anything other than glorious things but a 51 point performance right yes it's a great thing it's a it's a rare thing he hard did hard to criticize 51 points and he game did winning. Everything. It was a sheer force of will, um, the kind of thing that, like, yeah, it was just a, a remarkable performance. Um, and yet. <laughs> Are you ready? Not a but, which, but an and yet. The way, yeah, but here's the thing. That 51-point perform, performance happens in a vacuum left by the two central performers on this team. Doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't happen without that vacuum this is this is going to follow us around mike until we figure out a way to truly adapt these players into a cohesive system in which they are having all three of them are having 50 point games and we win by 150 <laughs> points by 151 because yeah. jared allen right. will hit one free throw yeah yeah so that but is you know what, what i'm saying right it's not it's yeah. not I'm, like, I'm not like obviously it's awesome and it was a great game and i felt i was super pumped up for the first time in a while watching oh, some Nets so basketball good. felt really good um and for all that reason the juju was super magic but again i'm still i've had these little this, the devil on my shoulder, Mike, is being a little bit of Don't a dick to right him. now. Yeah. Listen to the the angel on your nose. You know what I'm saying, buddy? <laughs> is that how it works? Now, uh, so yeah. talk about the delight of the game. It was truly delightful. Being in Boston, they're chanting about Kyrie. They're being their general crotchety, angry New Englanders. That's who they are. They're just furious about the Super Tuesday results. Maybe. I don't know. But um, And it was a Super Tuesday for the Nets. Thank you very much. Uh so it was a delightful performance. KD tweeted out the thing about how that was like a magnificent or magical or something about yeah. Carol Silver's performance, which is I nice to see. It. I retweeted that. Yeah, yeah. And and I had commented and, you know, got a lot yeah, of burn. You got ratioed to death or something. You know, whatever. <laughs> but the so it just as like basketball fan experience, we haven't had that many of these this season where we could completely enjoy it. Honestly, this Nets team – They've been disappointing for the most part. You know, they're whatever, six games under 500 or whatever it is right now. So there haven't been that many moments where you've had the pure joy. You know, you link back. A lot of people are comparing it to the Kings game from last season. Mm -hmm. Another pure joy game. But it was different. That was a West Coast game. I'm pretty sure that was a night game, right? That it ended. But it almost yeah, doesn't it matter when that was. This was on national TV. Ian Eagle even doing the national TV broadcast. Stan Van Gundy. Uh, extolling the virtues of Timothee Luwalu Cabarro, friend of the pod. So you had all of these elements. You had Chris Haynes talking about Kevin Durant, how Kevin Durant is now doing three-on-three -three action. He was Chris Haynes was the sideline reporter. And you have the emotion. Well, no, he, he came on. Oh, did he say that? on? I thought Kevin Durant came on the next night and was talking about doing three-on-three. Durant three. came on the next night, but the night before on oh. TNT, Chris oh, Haynes, oh. the TNT sideline guy who also was at Yahoo, he said it because him and Durant, I, I love this. This is what I love, the craft of self-promotion. Uh, Haynes is like, uh, Durant and I have been texting, and, mm. and I will relay. Like, it's the best form of sideline reporting you could ever have, which is like, I'm texting the star on the Nets who's injured. We're talking right now. 
And this is what he has to say during yeah. the game. I'm sure they maybe weren't texting during the game, but they had texted that day within that 24-hour sure. period. And what Durant said, if you didn't catch it, was that he is playing three-on-three three with players, which we'll get to later yeah, in the well. podcast, and that he's really excited to to join these teammates next season. Um, it was really a masterpiece if you're a Nets fan. It's exactly what you wanted. It's the hated Boston Celtics losing in an ugly fashion. It's... Karis LeVert, the guy who, you know, amongst the Nets right now, who are you most excited about? It is Karis LeVert. He's been playing pretty damn good. And he play, he had such a performance. It wasn't even just a 51-point night. It was a 51-point night where he scored, what was it, like 34 points or 37 points in the fourth quarter in overtime. Mm-hmm. He hits three free throws. I said this out on Twitter. It's like, yes, it's a, it's a regular season game uh, uh, on a team the Brooklyn Nets, who aren't really going anywhere exactly. But hitting three straight free throws that you know you have to hit or the game is over and doing it, that's that's clutch, buddy. That's yeah. big clutch britches that for is, you. That is large way of us talking. Um, but I do agree with you. So we talked about when Kyrie got hurt, there's like positives and negatives, right? Because there are positives that you're going to learn. One of the positives is happening in front of our eyes right now, which is, Karis LeVert is is given all all the run. He's given all the the usage he could possibly want in the world. But as you said, we're lacking. We're missing because what Karis LeVert ultimately needs to be is the third star, is the third banana. If we're, I would even say he bananas. could edge out Kyrie to be second in like a crazy world in which he like really really Whoa. you know achieves crazy that's success. I, like <laughs> I mean it. that's that's a spicy one. But like I'll even grant him that. And yet. Um, having three players that are just taking turns doing their their thing it's that's not that's not optimized basketball Mike by my standards okay I brought this up to you in a previous pod dueling banjos I feel like yes. dueling is a, a two-person event maybe it would be trueling banjos there's got to be a, a triple term for dueling um a mosh pit of banjos a mosh pit of banjos that's it yeah um, cage fight and, like, that's my thing about Karis LeVert, and that's why there's so many trade discussions. So Brian Windhorst on his podcast, he had Jackie McMullen and Tim McMahon on. And the start of the podcast, the lead of the podcast, was off of the TNT. I don't know why I keep referencing TNT, but the Celtics-Nets game. Sp- friend of the show, sponsor. Yeah, friend of the show. Um, and it was about, hey, what a tremendous Karis LeVert performance. Is then Le- is LeVert more valuable as being on this team, or is he a guy you should trade for a third star. Jackie McMullen saying, well, I wouldn't give up on Karis LeVert as being that third star, which is the discussion that we're having now. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I, I agree with what Jackie's saying, is that LeVert has it in him. He's had a, just a massive amount of injuries, and I'll say this about his injuries, is that, and similar to Kyrie, now Kyrie was the number one overall pick, so he wasn't downgraded in the draft because of his injuries, but he basically didn't play at Duke, and then he goes in the NBA, and he's had many seasons where he's had chunks of time taken out. Levert, the reason why he ended up where the Nets were able to pick him was because of his injury history at Michigan. And his injuries, though, in the pros have been different. I mean, you know, the seemingly catastrophic one last season ended up not being as catastrophic as we believe, though you knew at the time you could diagnose from your TV. Because of my strong stomach for violence, for for physical injury. So, like, his injuries haven't been... When we think of a guy whose injury history, who's, like, prone to injuries, is, like, soft tissue is what they will say, which is like hamstrings and things mm-hmm. that like 
are they're not broken bones, but he had like a broken bone in his hand. He had a broken ankle. Like that, it's hard to say. Dislocated, that, dislocated, dislocated. I apologize. Uh, I am not a doctor, but I'm a son of a dentist. So here's the thing. Um, Karis Levert is he the third star? We're going to continue to learn so much more about him. He's been extremely impressive by being the lead dog on this team. His third star destiny, though, next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving still needs to be the opposite of what he is right now. What he is right yeah. now is high usage, a lot of shots. Yes. What he is is the best player on an average at best team. Yes. And that's that's the the style of basketball in which he's currently playing. That's that's what he can be. But he can't he, – like, he, which is why, like, the Bradley Beal thing, and I've been – I don't know why I've been so hard to – you just hate him. My my brain around why Bradley Beal would be a really good fit, and I based on basically that one game that I watched recently, <laughs> um, I was like basically I, I knew that my take sucked, and I'm working to reverse it now. Um, it would be a really good fit. I mean, having more rangy players, elite shooters, is sort of what we need to surround those two players. Bradley Beal is definitely one of those. Plus, adds the kind of um, you know the, the various layers of attack that that. Uh, you know, he's, he's just multidimensional in a way that I didn't think. Um, and also just a really good shooter. And Karras is missing that elite. He's good at creating a three-point shot that is unexpectedly goes in, but he's not an elite catch-and-shoot three-pointer, no. which is something that would be really special out of a third star. So, and we are seeing the, like, Toronto does this a lot, and the Pelicans are doing this. Not that the Pelicans are all that great, but, like, there's a tremendous amount of value. If you put out a lineup of Dinwiddie, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, KD, and name anyone else, probably Torian Prince if you're doing a crunch time lineup next year, or Joe Harris. Not that Torian Prince is a great ball handler, but having a ball handler-focused lineup, even if it's not a tremendous shooting lineup, that every guy, if the ball gets to them on a switch, yeah. that they'll be able to take that guy to the hole. That that would defeat a switching defense, basically, because everyone on the floor could if whoever switches on to them can then drive to the hoop. And there's tremendous value in that. So like you don't want yeah. to close the door on Levert even as he is right now, even at the Super Saiyan le- le- level that he is right now to remain like he's a viable option as a third third option on a team. But yes, the cleanest the cleanest integration of a third star is still like Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal, right, shooter exactly. dude. And that's why that these and look, we're not it brings me no pleasure. I want the like Karis Levert to be the third star on this team. I would love it if he could um, figure out that that perfect fit, um, and also makes a special connection with like he's the guy that we drafted. You know, we need a little of that um, sort of hometown feel to the team to make it still uh, like as imminently rootable as possible. Um, and yet, until he does that, he's 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 elevating his trade value so high, and also making it difficult to fit him into place it's a it's him playing as well as he is with this kind of basketball presents these problems fun as it is awesome as it is to watch him like you know soar to new heights love it um but you know let us know on twitter if you guys can understand what i'm saying it's really not me like besmirching his good name i love karis and i want him to do great i just think you know i think these are problems you know who we're not gonna besmirch um is chris chioza chris chioza brian a totally unexpected this rise from the depths of the net. I saw it. I saw it coming. I expected it. <laughs> um, I, I was talking to either you or someone else that I think it was probably Alex Schiffer in a phone call I had with him, uh, beat writer for the Athletic of the Brooklyn Nets. Wow, no big deal. I'm an insider. Talks a, talks a beat. Oh, okay. And 
I wanted a guy on the Nets, and we had been, you and I had been desiring this for a long time, just a water bug guard scorer who comes off the bench, may do nothing, but then they'll have a game where he scores 15 points. And A water bug? I've never heard that. Did you make that up? Where's no, that from? That's like a, it's a, a term thing? In, in scouting, a water bug. You know, like I never heard I really don't. And what it means is like describes. I know, like I get a, it. I get yeah, it. I love it. Picture it puts it right in your mind. Yeah. Um, do you? I I'll, for some reason I'm, this isn't a bug, but I'm picturing the reptile that runs on the water. You know, you know that sure. one. Yeah. yeah anything very, that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I Chris Chioza, over the past two games. If you don't know who he is, you should. You should have watched these past two games. Not that we're talking about Memphis. He uh, has been a dynamic scorer. He's fit in very well. He's had a kind of a flow of the offense type feel about him, which I really enjoy. It's not just like ball hoggy Isaiah Thomas type stuff, though. I would take, you know, five years ago, Isaiah Thomas for Scherzies. This mm-hmm. team needed um, a guy off the bench who could pop off just a little bit because so many of their bench players are like specific role dudes. We all love Timothy Luwalu Cabarro. That's our guy. That's our buddy. Mm-hmm. But he has a specific role, and the best type of game that he's going to have is like five from seven from three. Um, Garrett Temple can blow up a little bit, but he's really more of a start at this point. Rhodey can't; he is not blowing. You know, uh, DeAndre Jordan is is <laughs> he's not blowing. He ain't blowing. Um, it's kind of nice. This Chioza, super fun to watch. Um, and if this efficiency continues, I mean. Um, I would love to have our little version of a J.J. Barea on this team. I'm always jealous of those types of players. We, I don't think we've ever really had one. I'm trying to think of the last sort of of that archetype, and the closest version of it is like was Isaiah Whitehead. Does he count? Jordan Farmar? Oh, <laughs> like, God. does that even count? No, <laughs> it's. I mean, he's way more flat-footed. Yeah, I mean, we. I've always been really jealous of that sort of archetype. Um, uh, but also just like as a sort of selective use utility kind of point guard not not as always your your you know go to playing 25 minutes of backup point guard like you know pick your spots but um a guy that's not um yeah that just like can do something interesting in in terms of penetrating and also is just like digging on defense every time a big guy has got the ball he's just gonna stab at him um it's just they really attack um yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm excited if this is like a thing that can continue. I'd really I would really love it to have him. And also, like Spencer's been putting in miles the last yeah. the last this year especially, but you know the last two three years he's been asked to carry the load forever. And uh, giving him a giving like another guy some some time in his spot feels uh, very smart in terms of just making sure Spencer doesn't keel over. Yeah, and like uh, yeah. The, so much of the team is still. Obviously, they're all waiting for KD and Kyrie to actually play basketball together. But, like, the signing of someone like Wilson Chandler, specific role players, guys who are going to do the thing that they're going to do. And I've felt all season that when the team has struggled to score, there's no one that Kenny can put into the game. Kenny meaning Kenny Atkinson, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. That's how friendly we are. Who are you talking about? Kenny. Um, There's no one that Kenny could just put into the game. And see if he can ignite a spark offensively. Uh, you know, David Awaba was the defensive spark earlier in the year, and they lost that kind of dynam- dynamism um, that Nawaba presented, which we both really super enjoyed when he was on the floor. Rhodey last season provided that spark and hasn't been very sparky this season. He hasn't been flintish, you know, hasn't been flint. That's what you get a spark for. Um, 
I'm I'm happy to like Kyozo. I've always wondered why he was on the roster because he didn't play, and you know that's like a valuable roster spot. Every roster spot's valuable. And yeah, you've been following his career closely as a Wizards guy. Yeah, he he was a you know, I'm a Wizards fan yeah. as well. Uh, and I also wonder why he was on the Wizards roster. There must be something that that he does in practice that like really impresses the, the team. And now he's finally getting a shot. I'm interested to track how much more of a shot he gets as you know Garrett Temple comes back, or if they are allowing him. All right, let's give him a little because Kenny has shown like when Nick Claxton popped. Nick Claxton will get minutes. When guys pop, he'll give them minutes. He's not so rigid. Um, by the way, Nick Claxton scored 34 points in the most least recent Long Island Nets game. So keep your eye on Mr. Claxton playing for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, finally, Brian, Kevin Durant update. Um, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. I don't know. You know, people people are, have decided to put their head into the sand, into the Coney Island sand. So for... For those of you who don't know, here's the story. Kevin Durant came on came on the broadcast last night. Mike's too – like, I can't let you just go down on Hamburger Hill by yourself, okay? Beautiful. Um, he came on, and he was talking about how he's been playing through and three. And I know that the story that Mike's about to go ham on um, is that he was talking about – Richard was like, are they, are they letting you get fouled? And Kevin went on a five-minute diatribe about – just not only are they letting him f- take fouls, they're lining up for flagrant twos directly to the Achilles. They're they're teeing off <laughs> on his actual Achilles tendon, both of them. And uh, yeah, Tyson like, Fury's coming in and punching yes, his Achilles. Yeah, Timothy TLC's been using it like a speed bag. It's it's been um, and it's and it's basically incredibly strong now. And so he's coming back any minute, literally any second. Okay, he didn't say any of that, but it would, he he did say Sorry, they're doing yeah, three on that's three. That's fake news. That is that, that is actual fake news. He did say so. Chris Haynes had reported that they did three on three on Tuesday, and and Kevin Durant joined the Yes broadcast on Wednesday night, and for sixty for six minutes and thirty four seconds or something like that, and he was saying like he offered up, yeah, I've been playing three on three. Uh, Richard Jefferson said, "Can they foul you yet?" He's like, "Oh yeah, they could foul me." Um, fouls. He was more. He was. It was more robust. He's like, "F yeah, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking bombs." A robust, <laughs> robust answer from Kevin Durant. Yeah. Okay. Again, people can stick their heads into the sand. They can refuse to look at the oh, evidence. Wow. I'm an evidence-based podcaster, okay? I don't just come up with stuff. I look at the evidence and then I decide my opinion off of reality. So here's the thing also, Mike has the he's quadrupled quintupled down to this point. And he's got nothing he's it's like when you You've you've succumbed to the dark side. He's already there. Like he can do whatever he wants now. He's he's gone through the Twitter hate, you know, and uh, now he just gets to you know double down as as many times as you want. And then if on like the one percent chance that any of this actually comes to pass, he's going to do a very lengthy j- jig. I'm dance. I'm a Tulsi Gabbard supporter right now. You know, I'm I, I think there's a narrow window window for our winder. girl window for to- that's how they for my daughter. For Tulsi Gabbard to secure the Democratic nomination, it's a very small window, and that is how small of a window the Kevin Durant could come back this season. I do, okay, let me okay, let me say the facts, Brian. Say it to me. Three on three, okay. Basketball typically professionally is played five on five. Three on three is a close approximate. <laughs> Brian, I really wish this was a, a stronger piece of evidence. Than what, okay, this is huge. Yeah. Okay, we've seen videos of him 
taking basketball moves, shooting the ball. I think, Ryan, I think maybe the issue is this. It's you're having a hard time making the distinction between can you play and will you play? Yes. No, no. Okay. This is where I'm going to get back to and allow me to get there, buddy. Check it out. He may not play this season. He probably won't play this season. It's very likely that Kevin Durant will not play this season. But what I want to say to people is that if Kyrie Irving was healthy, Kevin Durant would be playing. Because here's the thing. Kevin, Brian, Kevin Durant, by the ability to play three on three, shows that he and his Achilles is healthy. Now, is he in game shape? Probably not. I can guarantee he's not. Um, it, are, are there other risk factors potentially by if they were to put him out there, which they're not going to do, but if they were to put him out there, other risk factors being like the the uh, like reciprocal injury or whatever it would be, which is like you're compensating for one part of your body, so another part of your body, your hamstring, knee, or whatever gets hurt. That is possible, yes. But by playing three on three, his Achilles is healthy. He he is healthy. It's amazing how <clears throat> in the same like you're you're basically uh, straddling both both sides. I, I'm and putting myself in equal in the doses. Where I can't be wrong. <laughs> I can't be proven wrong. Yeah, because I'm saying That's, he won't play basketball, but I'm saying he is healthy. He will, but he will. Yeah, he's and also you're like, and also you're like, he probably will. He's probably gonna play basketball. No, wow, I don't wow, think it's crazy. You're... <laughs> He can play. Ba- He's allowed to this play. I don't know what's wrong. Legitimately with Legitimately pathological. This okay. Way. Anyways, so just everyone put a pin on that. But that's yeah. coming up. Um, do you want to talk cheese? Of course, always. I always want to. Okay. Again, so this is an official killer comparison. If you don't know what killer comparison uh, is, we not can- even just an official. This is a, a throwback, a, a distillation, the platonic ideal of the killer comparison right here. This is like six the freaks and geeks of killer comparisons if you're a Judd Apatow fan. In our first draft of this episode, you said that this was the kind of thing that we would do when we were like in our in the basement studio 13 PBR is deep. I, I miss those that were the days when oh, man. stumbling up those steps after yeah. uh, a, a two-hour-long, like the first hour, you're just horrible. trying to plug things in. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Okay, so this this <laughs> yeah. is a killer comparison. We compare NBA players, NBA teams to uh, a certain subject. Today, we are comparing teams and players to cheeses in honor of Chris Chioza, whose nickname is Cheese, as told by Basketball Reference. Basketball Reference says Chris's nickname is Cheese, and we are piggybacking off of his momentum into this idea first nice. brian number one yeah. lay it on me blue cheese okay kyrie irving is blue cheese here's why go on go on wow hot <laughs> know, Brian's already hurts. but uh kyrie irving is blue cheese because blue cheese has the widest spectrum of opinions in the cheese world and one of the widest spectrums in the food world in terms of liking to disliking there is a passionate large group of people that love blue cheese. They want to put it in salad, put it on their pizza. They can figure out ways to eat blue cheese. They love the tanginess. They love sort of the, the effervescence. You know what's nice? You ever get one of those uh, dates with some bacon, some blue cheese in there? Oh, mm. You like that? Beautiful. Yeah, that's nice. Be- what do they call it? It's got a name. I forget what that name is. Um, Tweet at us. At BK Glucose. Bacon wrapped dates? <laughs> Date? No, it's cheese? got like a name. It's got. It's called like a Night Raider. It's, some, it's oh, got some kind of like crazy it. name. It's like a great yeah. little gin drink. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the, also on the other end of the spectrum, on the food taste palette spectrum, for blue cheese, there's a lot of people that hate blue cheese. They 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 it kind of repulses them. They see the blue coloring and they think it's a weird kind of fungus, but which 
Yes, it is, but it's not bad for you. Um, they don't want it any. They don't want it. If they find blue cheese within a, a piece of a menu on, uh, you know, in an ingredient on a menu, they're like, can you take out the blue cheese, please? Take it out. I don't want it. It's like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has some extremely passionate supporters of his basketball game and who he is. Kevin Durant being the lead chieftain of that group. But on the other end of the spectrum are Boston Celtics fans and some NBA reporters who despise Kyrie Irving, think he's a, a bad player to have on your team, that he can't, you can't have him on your team and win anything even though they already won a championship. Yeah. Mike, are you ready for this? Please. I'm going to piggyback off that, elevate that take to the highest level. Okay. Let's talk about wings for a second. Oh, I love wings. Do you? Yeah. When you get when you order up a a twelve or make your maybe a baker's dozen of spicy spicy suckers. It's a thirteen. You go on, <laughs> thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen wings. Um. You don't. You never order a baker's dozen of wings at these places. I haven't. You, you got to do it. Um. You get ranch on the side, or you're gonna get blue cheese. It's tough for you, huh? Yeah. It's... You know that that actually I appreciate that because for me it is also tough. Some people are very, to your point, they fall. The only way to eat a wing is with blue cheese dressing, mm. right? But here's my thing. Love it. You ready? Sometimes you'll go to a fancier restaurant. You know, it's not not Buffalo Wild Wings. You're going to... How dare you? I don't know. Some fancy effing place. And uh, what you're going to get there, if you get that blue cheese, is it's not going to be a proper dressing. You're going to get a blue cheese crumble almost, which is useless. You may as well chuck it over your shoulder, like like... The useless thing that it is. Because what, what are you going to do? You're going to spread it on there with a butter knife? No. No. How do you get it on the wing itself? You're going to smear it on the side. You're going to lose at least 50% just Gust. wedged in the corners of the ramekin that it comes in. So here's my thing. Here's how I take this all the way back. Kyrie Irving is at his best when he's a little bit more blue collar, less artisanal, you know? Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When he comes out of that bottle and it's just Walmart brand blue cheese dressing, mm. that is... <laughs> in certain things, you don't want to... Like, for me... Garlic bread falls under that purview too. You give me fancy garlic bread? No, thank you. A little Texas toast. Texas now you got, toast. Now you, got, now you got my attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My interest is peaked. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll take. I mean, it's better. It's. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to eat the garlic bread no matter what. But I want that garlic. But I want that Texas toast if you're giving me the option. Um, the other thing about Kyrie and how he's like blue cheese. Blue cheese as a cheese itself, it isn't um, a featured player. It isn't a thing that is a singular force of food. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't just eat – you could eat blue cheese by itself. That's most, right. Mostly it pairs better with something. That's right. We're talking That's about perfect. dates. We're talking about whatever. Um, blue cheese, put it on a burger, whatever. Kyrie Irving, probably yes. best being paired. It's best being paired. You can't – you really don't well, want to Well, not even be, just paired. He wants to be in a, a an accoutrement. A, a very special highlight because it's like blue cheese is nice. It's like it's like <clears throat> you're about to say maybe put it on a hamburger. I'm assuming yeah, because put it on of the a conversation hamburger. that we had two hours ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that is the perfect. That is the that is the best version of that because you know you've got a, a fancier burger by every estimation. You know that's not that's not America cheese. That's not cheddar. Those are those are working man's cheese. <laughs> cheddar though is coming up later in the podcast. Uh, uh, the okay. next cheese that we will go is brie cheese. Brie, Brian. What are your thoughts about brie? Uh, I'm big on brie. I, I, uh, I'll go brie or what's it? Camembert or something. Oh yeah. Camembert. Yeah. I'll mess with that stuff. Um, yeah. Love, love a brie. Love, love all those. Like, like a, like a, if you get a spicy jelly or something on there too. Please. Come on. Yeah. Pepper jelly. Um, so brie is very popular cheese. Um, but to me, brie peaks during the holiday season, Thanksgiving to Christmas that, oh, those are the brie months. Those are the brie. Like that is the truest thing you've ever said. 
And but, like you, you don't, you never see anyone eating brie in the summer. I've never in my life seen it. You're not going to on a picnic in the summer and eating some brie. Bring doesn't brie. really go. That doesn't happen. Well, you know what also happens in the summer? Mm, what's that, Mike? The NBA playoffs. Wow. Spring, summer, whatever. Uh, brie is like the Milwaukee Bucks. <sighs> Shots fired. It is very popular. It peaks at a certain point in the calendar. Okay. But like brie. Wow. When it gets placed in a pressured environment, it's like an melt. oven, it's going to get all gooey and fall apart. Oozes, collapses, spreads thin. You, you're that low on Milwaukee this year, huh? No, I think they're probably going <laughs> to win the championship. But they had really? been like Bree, and we almost can't. I was trying to think of the best team. That's hilarious. Who collapses? <laughs> what about the Sixers? I mean, I don't know. They're like collapsing, right? Yeah, yeah. but the, I mean, they're just constantly. Yeah, collapsing. they're just in a state of. They're cheese whiz. Just, they're just yeah. like always melted. <laughs> whiz, they're whiz wit. We're really not sure what what went into the recipe. The person cooking the recipe is not really sure what how they happened. But they're the most. He's just whizzy. a crazy chemist. That's like like Hinky. He's just he's a real he's just a, an analytics guy. That's how they built that cheese. You know, data, data, um, no feeling, no, no emotion went into the whiz provolone. That's we should have done whiz. That would have been a good one. We'll add that. That's mine. Well, okay. Well, it's a, it's happening right that, now. That's, that, I, I did that one. That's mine. Uh, provolone. How do I feel about it? Yeah. I, so, okay. Of all the, I'm a big cheese guy in general of cheeses. I will say that provolone is one that I had to work for a little bit harder oh. to, and it's a little bit more situational for me. <laughs> I love that you. You felt like you had to get you. You had to make yourself better to live up to provolone. Like you had. This to is my thing with food, with anything there. really. If I don't like it, like food, it's really just for food. It's not. If I don't like it, I. It's. It's not the thing's fault. It's really my my fault. Uh, and I want to. And I want to work to correct it. Anyone's like, I don't like it. I feel like that's something that. Um, like I was like, I, I always just imagine myself like in a cave, post-apocalyptic. All there is left to eat is like a, a lifetime supply of provolone. Um, and if that's the case, I'll just be fine. You know, I'll be happy because I've worked through that. So to me, provolone is James Harden because, okay, I, I don't dislike provolone, but I don't like provolone. Meaning like it, of all the cheeses, if I'm laid, if I'm in different caves, if it's post-apocalyptic and there's different caves that have a title overhead, this is the cheddar cave. This is the mozzarella cave. If there's a provolone cave, I'm not going to the provolone cave because, Provolone to me is a waste of calories, cholesterol, and sodium. Whoa. It never, I've never had a moment where like, now that's some provolone. You know what I mean? You have that with any kind of cheese, even American cheese. I'm like, that's American cheese. That's American cheese right there. Provolone, never had a moment where I've been like, that's some provolone. And you know so, what? Yes. We talked about this, but like, what's the deal with Philly and provolone? There's so much provolone cheese in Philly. He's provolone eating. Very, very limited palate. Those people. <laughs> Very I mean, it's a challenge. It's a big flavor. I'm just they put it on that like I, I mean I really like that one sandwich where it's like wet wet pork. It's almost like a like oh, a yeah. wet pulled pork thing with, with like broccolini or something. Yeah, yeah, so good. Great yeah, good. like mix of flavors there. Yeah. Shout out Philly for that sandwich and yeah. also cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks are iconic. But you can't put provolone on a cheesesteak, otherwise you lose. That's your my thing. Election like John John Kerry. <laughs> That's what he did. He put mushrooms and provolone on a cheesesteak and horrific. Sank him. An, an absolute L for it Mr. was the Howard Gary. Dean Yar, yar! moment for him. <laughs> um, so why is provolone like James Harden? Well, it's because so we have all these options out there. It's not that I, I hate James Harden, but we have all of these options out there in the NBA to consume basketball consumption, and I, like you do in cheese. And if I'm going to consume basketball, I'd rather be spent 
I want bang for my buck. I'd rather it be LeBron, Zion Williamson, <clears throat> name well. you can name fifty more players, John Morant, whoever, over James Harden. I don't dislike James Harden, but I don't really care to watch him, like, and I don't care to eat provolone. This is so interesting. It ties directly into a thing that happened last week. I was did a stream with Cheerboy Matt Brooks. Shout out at Shout out. Matt Brooks NBA on Twitter, um, and you can view our live streams at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday afternoons. We just watch old games and and yuck it up. It's a fun time. Come pop over. Um, we were talking about, we were watching a James Harden game, and he asked, do you appreciate watching James Harden? And I said, I've learned to. Much the same way. So this is where food and basketball cross over for me. If I don't like something in basketball, I'll also do the same thing, which is learn, find what is lovable about James Harden, which I have labored to do. Just same way, like, I, I didn't love anchovies, you know, and then I had exposure therapy to anchovies. Now I like it. Cilantro, same thing. Um, the, the trick is, this is very much like if you're ever on like a psychedelic trip or something, you can't take a tiny dose and then fight it or whatever. You have to take an entire anchovy or entire peyote cap, whatever it is, and <laughs> you have to embrace all the flavors and all the after effects that come with it. And that's where you learn. And the same way you have to like really involve yourself in James Harden's game to learn to appreciate. You have to watch him very closely, even though it hurts at first. It's, it feels gross. You're watching a lot of flopping and so on and so forth but there is something very enjoyable in there i disagree um well did you like my whole peyote thing? i did i was listening to it no. i didn't interrupt but i disagree okay next cheese this i've never a, done peyote by the way i don't know this is a tip i'm already about to tip it off yeah i haven't done it either actually i did when i was eight okay mozzarella mozzarella Mo- mozzarella you mean mozzarella <laughs> matzo i like mozzarella actually you i don't like mozzarella. wow you can't even do that that's amazing Mozzarella. It's a Jersey. There's a certain Mutz. kind of North Jersey guy that'll call it mozzarella. Yeah. Not in my blood. Yeah. Um, I call bagels bagels. So um, yeah. get go. at me, Twitter. Mozzarella is. Oh, mm, I'm actually. I, I actually am getting goosebumps. Wow. My eyes are closed thinking about mozzarella. Here's my his thing. His eyes about aren't closed. They're rolling in the back of his head. I think he's about <laughs> to have a seizure. Here's my thing about mozzarella. Okay. It, it is a distinct player within the cheese realm a a valuable beautiful player because it by itself is fantastic it the ball of mozzarella a little olive oil a little vinegar salt pepper maybe some heirloom tomatoes but you can just eat mozzarella they sell big uh, over here and uh the old like italian specialty food mark they'll sell you like a like a softball size pizza mozzarella Whole Foods, yeah, Whole Foods. <laughs> More like Whole Paycheck, am I right, people? Um, they'll, God, they'll sell you a whole softball-sized mozzarella, and you can just eat it like an apple on the way home. You know, that's what I do. Just like eating it like... Yeah, just yeah, pinch of salt and just... <laughs> and you're on your way. Um, mozzarella is perfect by itself, uncooked, as is. You could eat it. You would be happiest in the world. Delicious, okay? But... Here's what mozzarella does for you. Mozzarella will come to your house, Brian. Knock on your door. Hey, Bri, why don't you try this? Who is it? No. It's mozzarella. Oh, it is? It's a human, it's a (laughs) sentient ball of mozzarella. Oh, my God. You're in danger. I'm going to kill you and eat you. Well, let me tell you. Brian, before you kill me and eat me. Actually, yeah, kill me and eat me. Because here's the thing. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get some, some pizza crust from that Italian specialty store. Oh, wow. Get a little red sauce. You want this? 
just crumble me up over the red sauce and on top of the pizza crust and put me in the oven for 75 for 40 minutes. A pizza minutes. pie? A pizza pie. Um, mozzarella, perfect as its own form, but when you when you com- when you put it with other ingredients, pizza crust and and sauce and pepperoni, whatever you want to put on there, it melts into the most delicious thing you could ever have in your life, which is pizza. Pizza is the greatest food invention we've ever done. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Agreed. Yeah. Besides hot pockets, which is basically pizza. Um, LeBron James is mozzarella. LeBron James by himself is the greatest. He's the best. He's not the goat. He's not Michael Jordan. Goat cheese. Goat cheese. Michael <laughs> Michael Jordan yeah. is goat cheese. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Very creamy. Um, he's perfect by himself, LeBron James. But when you put him with pizza crust Anthony Davis or tomato sauce Dwight Howard, oh, rever- I mean. Actually, should we go back to Miami? Miami, Merce- who is more tomato sauce, Chris Bosh or – Bosch is the is the structure, right? He adds. He he's the, so he's, he's the, the safety net. So he's yeah. the crust, and then Dwayne Wade is the the, the sauce. I mean, he's delicious. Arabiata. Delicious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> marinara. <laughs> my my. So LeBron is is singularly great, but but also with another teammate, he he goes to a whole nother level with a really mm-hmm. powerful teammate, whether it's Anthony Davis, Chris Bosh or Dwayne Wade or Larry Hughes. He goes to a higher level. LeBron James is mozzarella. Really good. Cheddar. You got two more. Cheddar's one. And then I have another one after that. This is, I think where we left off. <coughs> yeah, you, last... This is new for you. You don't this know. This is new. Point. Wow. Wait, I'm am so I excited. recording this one. Let me make sure. No, yeah. just kidding. Clay oh, Thompson's yeah, cheddar. Mentioned. Interesting. There's a lot of cheddars. Okay. And the thing about cheddar is that there's, there's a range in um, taste profile in terms of like, there's low class cheddar, middle class cheddar, and high class cheddar. I'm talking about mm-hmm. prices. I'm talking about flavor profiles. I'm talking about aging. Yeah, you're gonna Ch- get those crystals in a nice cheddar. So Clay Thompson is a nice aged Vermont cheddar. I'm talking about a two year aged cheddar. So, some very large crystals. We're talking some crunchy crystals in that cheddar. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of players like Clay Thompson in the NBA, but none as good as what Clay Thompson does. What I'm talking Do about, you like, think so? I'm trying to think of like other similar players to. Three and D wings. I'm just putting that as a category, which is really what oh, Clay yeah. Thompson is. He plays defense and he just shoots threes. That's the thing, and he's the he ideal is, he of is, that. He's the best version of that. That's so, interesting to think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there are a lot of cheddars. They're your baseline cheddars, which are all fine, and we're all happy to have a baseline cheddar. Clay Thompson, though, is uh, aged Vermont cheddar because he's the best version of the thing that is very common, which is the three and D. I got wing. nothing. We're off script. I have no, I have no responses anymore. Finally, this is, I'm not saying it's my strongest one, but this is it kind of, there's just too much of a natural connection between the two, and this is where mm. I'm going with this. Cream okay. cheese. Cream oh, cheese. Good. When I tell you cream cheese, if you were a real cheese aficionado, what would you think of cream cheese? Not much. I would think very little of it, probably. You think very a low, you have a so, low opinion of something. It's an entry like, level, it's right there with American. It's the step up above American. If, if, and I like. you, if I was, if I came to you said, you know, cream cheese is my favorite cheese. You would look at me and you would think. You just haven't lived very much life. That's you need more life experience. New York Knicks are cream cheese, right? New York oh, wow. and their the fan base and yeah. their owner. They're just living inside of a, yeah. A, a little like... bagel bubble. Just a bagel bubble. <laughs> it, you know, like, and, they, you know, obviously there's the, the connection between New York bubble. and bagels and cream cheese. And it makes all sense. But. It's like it's as if you if you become a Knicks fan, particularly at this point, 
it shows you haven't evolved further in you your You're sort of living in your own, own world, for sure. You're living in your own world. It's it, And so cream cheese is an entry-level cheese. We all love cream. I'm not saying I don't hate cream. I like cream cheese very much so. And I'm not saying people who like cream cheese or like the New York Knicks like cheese or like basketball. But it shows that they haven't evolved. It shows that they they remain stuck in their ways. They're still thinking about Dave DeBusher. Okay? <laughs> Let's move on from Dave DeBusher. Okay? Let's move on from that... Uh, amazing Knicks championship team that ignited New York and whenever they did. Mm-hmm. 79, 80? Who cares? Whatever. Whatever it was. No, it was like 72 or something. Yes. Yeah, so Forever ago. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. And the, the New York Knicks are cream cheese. And and cream cheese by itself it does not sustain. You it needs to be with you're not eating spoonfuls of cream <clears throat> cheese. Like the Knicks, the Knicks at this point. You wouldn't go to see the Knicks. No, you're going to see. The problem is, I think they are eating like just spoonfuls of cream cheese. That's how limited their options are. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they're. That's what they've been reduced to. They're just, yeah, um, complete maniacs watching TV. So I, I'm obviously leading you down a, a road here. But what's your thought on Lox cream cheese? Oh, it like being inserted in the cream cheese. Yeah, I'm for it because, um, you know, if you're, yeah, who's got nine dollars to spend on a bagel? But getting a little of the lox essence feels feels like a, like a, a slightly like it, you can't really get the lox flavor out of it. It's like it's sort of hidden in there, but you're 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 getting closer to it. And it's basically the same price as normal cream cheese. So you feel like yeah. you're really scamming the system here. I don't like it. I am offended by it. I want to go. I want to spend the eleven dollars and thirty five cents to get the, yeah. ba- the actually lox. I've never really ordered a lox bagel at a bagel shop I will <laughs> so I, I will go to Whole Foods and buy locks oh, when it's Lord. on Just sale a ream of a ream of locks huh? <laughs> yeah really <laughs> Mm, perfectly makes your refrigerator just like I mean I'll do that too and by the way pro tip Trader Joe's has pastrami locks for like 3.99 in those packages and it's a really deal. a good deal um so the New York Knicks are cream cheese it just shows that as a basketball fan if you're a Knicks fan you haven't evolved like at this point Knicks fans, Spike Lee, we had the whole Spike Lee, James Dolan thing that was on first take. If you remain a Knicks fan, it means that you're the age of Spike Lee and all respect to Spike. He should like I know people want him to be a Nets fan. He can be a Knicks fan like that's his childhood team. It's fine. He grew up and he grew up in a time frame when the Knicks were good. But if you are our age, Brian, yeah, and you we don't want, we don't want Spike Lee to fan, be. That's what, because like Knicks, Knicks, sorry, you finish that. Well, but if you're our age and you're a Knicks fan or younger than us and you're a Knicks fan, it shows that you just, you just haven't lived. You got to get out there. You don't have to be a Nets fan, but just, just venture around. The Knicks are like the most Gen X thing that I can think, like not just a sports team, like thing. It is a, (laughs) like, it is right there with like. Nirvana. Uh, I actually know, like Nirvana, like appeals to like a younger audience. Even I'm trying to think of like it's like Beavis and Butthead or something. I don't know. It just feels very locked into a certain kind of MTV era. And um, you know, the thing is, I don't want Spike Lee to be a Nets fan. I don't really care either way. But like, I you know, we'll have like I don't know Ninja. You know, whoever whoever is like the stupid like millennial celebrities. Those are the people that that you know. It's a it's a younger team with an actual future <clears throat> we're not trying to like pull in old celebrities from from decades past okay we're we're looking at billy eilish we're trying to court billy eilish to be the fan <laughs> <laughs> i don't dope. know I've, i don't think i all i know is that one song that goes like doo, 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 and that drives that's a bad for me that's a bad song but like hey i, I like that people are liking it okay yeah she's uh yeah. solid by the way here's my here's my cheese uh 
sound effect for you. Ready? You're gonna hate this. You hear that? <laughs> That's a YouTube video of someone <laughs> mixing around mac and cheese. This is so disgusting. Oh How uh, gross is that? Uh, um, that's great. We should have led with that. Why'd you bury it like this? <laughs> that's so gross. We're gonna have to start the show with that next week. Oh, God. Um, Put that, make that, make sure that that's part of our regular carousel of drops. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. This is, oh, let's read a quick iTunes review, by the way. I have it, um, I had it oh, in front of me. I can carry it. We, we have to do that. Follow us at BK Glue Guys, anyways, right? We have to go Nets Daily, Athletic. We do, again, live streams with Matt Brooks. Sometimes smelts will pop in. Who knows? 2 p.m.s on Friday at least, and then also some other times yet to be determined. This is from Stat Guy D. This is from January 30th, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's so, hilarious. So podcasts are the type of media where you feel like you know the guys that host it. These guys make you think that you're in their man cave chatting about nothing and the Nets. Best Nets podcast bar none what a delight oh, what a delight nice. so thank you i hope you're still listening to us stack id and i hope you, we haven't let you down over the over the yeah. many many months following since cycled out uh yeah if you want to rate and review go to itunes we love to see it and we gotta have it so thank you very much brian um, also yes. wait one last thing shout out to flatbush in atlantic who's posting on twitter again yeah, but then he removed that tweet, so I don't know oh. what's happening. Right, row. Never mind. We kind of maybe that's like our next uh, true crime podcast series is like what happened to Flatbush and Atlantic because yeah. he was a Nets fan favorite, and then there's some background stuff that I think I'd be interested to know. But well, for our next podcast, a very Nets crime. I don't know. We'll workshop the title, but it's Nets crime stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Get us out of here, Mike. Take us away. Yeah, boy. Yeah.